I'm Matt Fiddler. This is Very Bad Words. First of all, thanks for listening. I hope you're subscribed so you never miss an episode in the future. And please help me spread the word of the show on social media and rate and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. This really helps get the show out so we can continue to make new episodes exploring all those things we aren't supposed to say. Anyways, this episode is a particularly fun one because I'm talking to stand-up comedians about the times they push the lines just a little bit too far. Such as this guy, actor and comedian and host of the podcast, The Beige Phillips Show, Dante Nero. The joke is that I have a friend of mine who... Uh died of Lou Gehrig's disease and I realized when you invent something or you discover something you get to name it after yourself which also reminds me of the first time that uh, Frederick Rape got an, up enough nerve to ask a girl out on a date right? <laughs> which is just a, it's a stupid joke but it's about this guy's name is hey I'm ready and she goes he goes hey I'd love to take you out to dinner and she goes oh that sounds like fun what are we going to do after dinner it's a surprise, right? So it's just a really, but it's like it never works. But it, every comic that I tell it to loves the because it's just funny. Yeah, it's, it's just, just it's, it's just fucked up. It's, and it's yeah. fucked up and it's funny. Um, but I'll like, give you the second part. The second part is because she goes, no, I'm, I don't know you, so maybe we could go out on a double date. He goes, you know what? I'm going to see if my boy Bob Sodomy is available. <laughs> 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 But the yeah, joke good. never it, works. It's because everyone's too uncomfortable. Because as soon as I say Frederick rape, it, the joke is over with. It's just that everything shuts down. But comics, like I've tell it to comics, and they love. They go, "Oh my god, that's fucking hilarious!" But you know, they're, they're looking at it through a different lens. that joke offended you, you are not alone. Today we talk about the words that are so offensive, even comedians working in late night comedy clubs can't say them. This is Very Bad Words. Hi, this is Very Bad Words, the podcast about swearing and taboo language. I'm Matt Fiddler. Several weeks ago, I went out to a small comedy club in New York's Greenwich Village called The Comedy Village, run by my buddy, actor and comedian, PJ Landers. I'm confident with my sexuality. Look at me. I sucked a penis one time. I don't like it, I know. Oh, you're going to judge me, ladies? I was in jail at the time. Worst three hours of my life. Look, pay your parking tickets. That's all I'm going to tell you people. Now, comedy often skirts the lines of good taste. It's what makes it funny. So PJ introduced me to a bunch of comedians outside the comedy village to talk about bad language, although not necessarily swearing but words that are so bad because they cross the lines of good taste, even in a two-drink minimum New York comedy club. Yeah, I have a joke where I kind of say, I, you know, it, it, I did it to a comic, and it was just funny. I, I mean, I'll say the joke. I say, you know, like, obviously, if someone's listening to this, they can't see me, but I'm very good looking. And uh, <laughs> I, uh, but, uh, I have a good bone structure. I shave. I use vitamin. 
But I always say I didn't always look like this. Uh, I used to have Down syndrome, but through diet and exercise, I beat it. That's comedian Adam Glynn. I talked to him and his comedian colleague, Joe Larson, about jokes they think are funny and their comedian friends also think are funny, but audiences tend to think that they are outside the lines of good taste. So after Adam told me the joke about beating Down syndrome with diet and exercise, Joe explained to me why no one should really be offended by this joke. There's several different types of jokes, and one of them would be absurdity, one is misdirection, another one is shock. And absurdity and shock, uh, if people don't understand why they're laughing at them, sometimes there's that confusion. His is absurd. You can use Down syndrome as an absurd uh, reference, or you can use it as a shocking reference. Uh, this idiot's got Down syndrome. That's a shock. I've had Down syndrome by beta through diet exercise. Absurdity, right? He's not making fun of people with Down syndrome. He's not shitting on anybody. He's making an absurdity joke. And when people make a gut reaction based on trigger words instead of actually think about the joke, that's where you get those confusions. Here's Adam Glynn again. Now, it's a funny, stupid joke, but yet again, the audience might moan to it. But comics will like it because it's just funny because I, sometimes I like to shit on like the other comics not being as good-looking as I am. That's just part of my shtick. But yet again, it's truthful. I'm being authentic to myself. But, uh, uh, <laughs> no. but it's, you know what? It's one of those jokes that comics like it and audiences don't because they are kind of feel maybe nervous to laughing at it. But comics, we kind of like that stuff. We kind of like the, uh, the dirty, you know, not the dirtiness, but the rawness to a joke. And Joe has experienced similar issues with his own jokes before. When Obama was first elected, I had a joke about not voting for him because I didn't want to put yet another minority in public housing. And, uh, but you'd be amazed how many people didn't totally understand the joke, didn't uh, just heard minority public housing, didn't vote, and people get upset. Oh, I think I'm offended. I actually had a woman yell out, I think I'm offended. And I said, well, how about, how about you think about the joke a little more before you yell out? And there have been a lot of big-time comedians lately that are saying they won't play college campuses anymore because students protest and yell out things like, I think I'm offended. But what if you're not a Jerry Seinfeld, John Cleese, or Chris Rock who has the luxury of turning down a gig? How do you judge whether your audience is going to get offended by something, especially when your career is skirting that line? Stand-up comedians have been pushing the lines of good taste in the name of comedy for decades. How are you supposed to walk that line today? You know, you only learn by trial and error. Like, you have to try it out. And then if it either works, it works. If it doesn't, it doesn't. And it's just, you know, you risk a lot. But sometimes the audience respects you risking and trying to bring them down with a premise and then lift them up with a punchline. So it's, uh, I've had plenty of times where jokes that do well with comedians, and there's a lot of jokes. Comics love it, but audiences hate it. That was Adam Glenn. Find him on Twitter and Instagram just to see how good-looking he really is. And you can follow Joe Larson's exploits at joelarsoncomedy.com. So there are certainly some topics that don't go over well with audiences, even if they are legitimately funny. Like dipping into the areas of transgenders and the gay thing, or like all of that stuff, like anything a little too, oh my God, sometimes audiences are afraid to laugh, even if it's funny. But like comics get it. Like, I'll see some really edgy material happening on stage, and all the comics in the back might be cracking up and rolling, but the audience is like dead stiff, like, oh my God. That's Vondi Carlo, another comedian I met through PJ at the Comedy Village. 
She was talking about a phrase in comedy clubs known as playing to the back of the room, where their co-comedians are watching from the back of the room and laughing hysterically, but the audience is stunned into silence. So, while she acknowledges that audiences can sometimes be oversensitive, she also doesn't think trying to offend and insult your audience is the best approach to be a successful comic. When you're pushing a button just to push it, like people can feel that. And it's like, uh, what are you really trying to do? Shock people? Like you're corny. Like stop. If that's your thing, good luck with that. I have no opinion about it. I'm not judging you. Do what you got to do. Um, but I do feel like if you're captain political correctness, don't come to a comedy show. A comedy show is a place where you want to laugh, you want to feel comfortable, but at the same time, I also feel the burn and the pain of somebody that's antagonizing and just trying to destroy a room just for the sake of destroying it. But Vondi doesn't think that comedians should avoid controversial material or even potentially taboo and offensive topics because there could be some gold in them there hills. If you embrace it, you find something funny in it, you find something where it goes. Like I have a, um, I won't get fully into it, but I have a death bit, we'll call it that. And um, when I, I performed it, a woman came up to me afterwards and she said, you know what, thank you for doing that. I laughed my ass off and you made me feel so much better because I've been, someone close in her family had died a week before. And she was like, I've been walking around feeling so guilty just because I'm out. Like, I don't know, should I stay in, should I go out? And that's part of the bit is the guilt that people put on you. And I talk about things that happen in a funny way. And for that particular person and some other people that have come up to me, it's like, that's very empowering. I'm like, cool, I'm not a preacher. I think that um, if you are talking about your experience authentically, People will relate to you without you trying. Like, I'm not trying to force you into my perspective. I'm standing here, I'm telling you how it is for me. This is what's going on, you know? Boom, boom, boom. You know, people are laughing, it's funny, and it also does something for people when you're honest. Because when you have the courage to be you, whatever that is, it gives people courage and almost a permission to be themselves as well. What's wrong with that? That's Vondi Carlo. Follow her on Twitter and Instagram. You're listening to Very Bad Words. Please subscribe, rate, and review the show on iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. Thanks. We're going to take a very short break and be back with more comedians, including some who have skirted the line a little too close to one of the most controversial words in the English dictionary. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Very Bad Words. I'm Matt Fiddler. So today we're talking to comedians about bad words. I mean, some words I think are funny. Like, I mean, like curse words. Like, I I like a good fuck. You know, it can be a funny word if you use it right. Bullshit can be kind of funny. Now, vagina, but that's not really too super dirty. That's Jen Mustacio. You can find her on Twitter, but better see her in a comedy club in New York City. So 
Most comedians you see in clubs use dirty words, at least a little bit. Comedians like Lenny Bruce, George Carlin, Richard Pryor, Roseanne Barr, Chris Rock, Louis C.K., they've all pushed the lines of language and what it's okay to talk about. But there's been significant pushback among audiences recently. Maybe it's the Internet, which has given a voice to regular people who speak back to celebrities. But inside of small comedy clubs, it's kind of always been this way. A good comedian has to know how to read their audiences if they want to be liked. If I feel like I'm cursing so much and they're being offended, I'm like, okay, maybe watch my mouth a little bit. Like, you know, like if you're doing like a 7 o'clock show, you might not want to open up with a bunch of curse words and a dick joke. Like, you don't want to be too much up front. It's almost kind of like with dating with cursing. It's like you meet someone like, oh, hey, how are you? You're like, yo, I want to fuck you right away. Like, let's fuck. I want to get dirty. Wanna... You don't jump on somebody right off the bat. You kind of ease into cursing unless you're telling somebody off. And if we're like shows-wise, like... I have done shows where I can tell I've cursed too much. But a lot of times, you, if everybody else is enjoying it and three or four people are offended by it, then it's like, I don't think it's me. And if everybody else is okay, then it's got to be them. So then I just say, fuck it. Now, it's not surprising to me that with curse words, it's all about time and place. But some words just don't seem to have that place in any setting, even in a comedy club. And Jen has a perfect story about a bit of hers falling into that category. It was a joke about me having sex with a man who was I was black. While, you know, in this relationship, he wanted to do role-playing. And, you know, which is, it's, it's, I'm an adult, you're an adult. If it's, role, you know, it's whatever you want to do. So everybody has their own now. He wanted to do some role-playing where he wanted me to call him some things, to say some things to him that I didn't feel comfortable saying, but he wanted me to say during the role-play, which one of them being dropping, saying the N-word. And, you know, in the joke... It gets pretty heated at certain times where he says, say it, say it. And in the joke, I try, as I'm telling it, I'll say, I'll try to trail off and say, no, I won't say. And then I'll try to say something else. And But then as the sex went on, there was a moment where he went a little further than I think he should or went a different way, if you get what I'm saying. And I was like, not in my asshole, N-word. Like, I had several people come up to me and said that they didn't like the joke. Uh, comics, too, which was surprising for me. Several comics came up to me, didn't like the joke. They didn't like that I talked about it. They didn't like that I used that word. Just look at political comedian Bill Maher. A couple of weeks ago, he got some severe blowback from casually using the N-word about himself, a white man. He thought it was okay to use this word, perhaps because he's a liberal. Perhaps it's because he dates black women. I don't know. We'd love to have you work in the fields with us. <laughs> work in the fields? That's part of that. That's... <laughs> Senator, I'm a house nigger. No, it's, it's a joke. But the word is so loaded with hundreds of years of it being used as a weapon against black people by white people that your personal experiences just don't supersede that. And I think that's what caught Jen off balance with her bit about calling her boyfriend the N-word. It was the truth, and, and I'm sure that you've been in situations, and I've been, and a lot of people have been in situations in sex where they were uncomfortable, or maybe they didn't want to, and you don't know what to do, and you're trying to do the right thing, but you got your mother on one end cell telling you, as a kid, you don't ever say, you know, like, I grew up in a household, my, you said that, my mother would knock you out if you said that. So you kind of realize, I'm really, you know, having an internal conflict with it, but it was the truth, and we all have internal conflicts, and internal conflicts are funny. And what do we do? You want to please this person, but you, you've, you've been raised your whole life. You want to please your mom and you want to be right by what she told. So meanwhile, you got a dick in you. So it's like, what do, what do you say? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it's hard, but it was the truth. And 
I was I always thought the truth was funny. Sometimes the truth sucks, sometimes it's bad, sometimes it's sad, but sometimes it's funny. And come on, we've all said it. It's funny because it's true. Truth. If there's truth in it and you if that is your truth, it doesn't have to be my truth. If it's your truth and you speak it eloquently and make a great statement, then how can I be mad at? I mean, I can I can be mad at that. I can disagree with that. But you're just being honest. I had a professor in college. He goes, people, an audience will always forgive you for being too honest. They won't forgive you for not being honest enough. And I've always held that because it's so true. Like they, it's just just be honest. This is Christian Duran. You can find him and all his social medias at ChristianDuran.com. And Christian has some jokes that are a little bit iffy around the N-word and race as well. Let me preface this by saying I'm not white. So if you're listening to this, you're probably going like, okay, this is a white dude. I'm not white. Uh, So I have this bit about how my friend called me a nigger. And I thought... This is a friend I was, I was hanging out with, and uh, he was like, hey, man, you hanging out today? And I was like, no, I can't. He's like, are you nigger? And I was like, that's so hurtful. I was like, that's awful. This is, like, really messed up. And then I realized that it's 3 p.m. I just woke up, and I'm sleeping on an air mattress in my uncle's apartment. Like, I'm kind of being a nigger right now. And that joke is awesome to me, but people don't like it. And it's like, it's not something I'm willing to like die for. It's not that great. It's funny to me, but is it worth the hassle? Probably not. If, it, if I really felt strongly about it or there was a real great point to it, I'd probably use it more, but it's just, I'm fine throwing it away. I've got better stuff. As, as a white guy, I'm not sure how I should react to that. <laughs> That's kind of how I want like, you to feel. I do want you to feel that way a little bit. You, you want that uncomfortableness? That's like... I like that. I, ha- I did this joke the other night where I was saying that uh, I think that um, the problem with race is that white people need to admit that they're afraid of black people. And black people need to admit that they're scary. And, you know, like, <laughs> I just, that, I like getting into that zone of, like, of uncomfortableness, but you're, you it's just the misdirection, but it's a weird one that makes you laugh. I don't know. But racism isn't always part of the joke. I've been doing comedy six years on the road now, and this last year was the first time I ever got death threats. I got three death threats ever since Donald Trump started running. This is Tamar Kutan. You can listen to all his material at TamarKutan.com. Now, Tamar, like all the previous guests, are working comedians, but Tamar is also Muslim. And so I did this set in Oklahoma City, and my last show I got, a guy said, I'm going to fucking kill you. And uh, the bouncer, when I came out, said, hey, I'm really sorry, they threw rocks at your car. And I have a joke about having a Toyota Prius, and I didn't stop to think that in Oklahoma City there was only one Prius in the parking lot. How did they know you were Muslim? I told them. Well, that's the thing. See, here's what I did that was so interesting. I went up on stage, and, and I immediately addressed my name being unusual, the way that I look, all that stuff. Uh, so I start talking about being an Arab right away. And immediately this guy looked at me right in the face and he goes, hell no, and turned his back to me. And so I decided, I'm like, I'm going to treat this like a math problem. So I go in there, they're super negative to me, like turning their backs to me. The whole thing is he thinks I'm on a different team than, than he's on. 
as soon as I said I'm Arab, he's like, that's my enemy. He's on the opposing team. So the next day I said, I'm going to go in and I'm going to try to show him that, that we might be on the same team in other ways. So I went in, the first thing I did is I said, hey, this is my first time in Oklahoma. I really dig it here. It's a really nice place. And then I go, did you guys know people in the big city talk a lot of shit about you? And they went, well, do you guys know that? And they were like, yep, yep, yep. And I'm like, I'm like yeah, I didn't, I didn't know that. I'm like, when I d told my friends I was going to come here, they're like, you're going to Oklahoma? You better watch out. And then they all started laughing. And then I go, you're an Arab. They're going to be racist to you. And then they got really quiet. So then I go, you mean they're going to judge me without even knowing me? And my friend goes, yeah. And I go, wow, have you ever been to Oklahoma? And he goes, no. And then they all start to chuckle a little bit. And I go, what an asshole. And then they all cheer. And it was like this weird invisible handshake. But you know what it was? It was that I've gotten my ass kicked a lot. Like as a kid, and I had to move around. I was an immigrant. So you have to learn right away how to fit into a new school and a new neighborhood and all that stuff. You have to find your tribe. And so like when I went over there and I did that with them, it just, it just gave me hope. Like it's, it, it's totally doable. It's just they're losing empathy right now because politics has turned this whole thing into sports. So for me, bad words and like how to use words to like, I was a different person in them. Like one night I got death threats, the very same room, the very same city, the same people the very next night. I got a standing ovation. So comedy does have the ability to heal if it's done correctly. And it can offend and put people off if it isn't done correctly. On that note, I want to give the last word to Dante Nero, actor, comedian, and host of the Beige Phillips show that we heard at the very beginning of the episode. You know, it's an interesting thing. It's The attempt is always to be funny. I don't think the attempt is to offend. And so sometimes when it does offend, I think that is par for the course of pushing the envelope. I mean, the last bastion of philosophers, I think, are, are comedians. Thanks for listening to Very Bad Words. I want to thank all the philosophers on this episode. P.J. Landers, Dante Nero, Adam Glynn, Joe Larson, Vondi Carlo, Jen Mastasio, Christian Duran, and Tamara Kutan. You can find all their links on our website, verybadwords.com. The executive producer is Jill Fincher. I'm Matt Fiddler. Now, sorry to say it again, but we're a really new show, and we need your support to continue to make episodes. Not with money, but with your subscriptions to the show in iTunes or wherever you get your podcasts. And if you could rate and review it, even better. And you can engage with me on Facebook, Twitter, at Dirty Words Cast, and even Instagram, at Very Bad Words Cast. I'd love to hear your own story about swearing and taboo language as well. Maybe your story will end up on the show. Thanks again for listening to Very Bad Words. We'll have another episode out in two weeks. You don't get to dictate what I think. You're going to hear this. I'm here to say my piece, and I'm going to say my piece. You cannot agree with it, but if I'm funny enough, I can make you even laugh at stuff you don't agree with.